Hi there, it's Aisha Salahuddin. This week, we're doing a rerun of one of my favorite episodes from season one. It's called I Lived a Double Life. We're republishing this episode while we finish working on next week's episode. And I hope you enjoy listening. Growing up, Bissy led a double life. So when I'm with my mom, my mom is a caterer. And she, yeah, she bakes cake and she, yeah, she caters. And then in front of the house, she sells moi moi, puff puff, akara, buns, I think drinks as well. So when I'm with my mom, I'm the Oomoyala Kara. You're waking up early, you sweep the shop, you attend to customers. And at the end of the day, there's the uh, Ilula Pai. You're just talking about how much was made, like profit and loss and everything. Then the second life, my dad was quite rich. Like, he was quite rich. And... When I'm at my dad's, it was like police escorts, cars with siren, like dignitaries all over the houses or house. Bissi lived in Ikotun, a remote neighborhood in Lagos, Nigeria with her mom. Her dad had houses in three cities in the country. So like I said, my dad, when I'm my dad, Princess Sophia lifestyle, then when I'm at my mom's, it was different. And it was quite hard. It was really hard because things that would usually come easy when I'm at my dad's. We wouldn't get it at my mom's. There were some things that my mom couldn't afford, you know. But I, rea- I as we grew up, I realized that it had a lot to do with polygamy because my mom was the second wife. And, you know, with polygamy, there's so much injustice. To me, based on my experience, so much injustice. So I always understood, oh, my mom would not get so many things. Oh, my mom would not get to see my dad as often as she would want to. And if she's not getting those things, how would he get to us? Bissy's dad was a diplomat and he traveled a lot, so he was unavailable for a significant part of her childhood. You know, we always hear that the haves and the have nots. We went, we, it was unfortunate that we fell into the category of the have nots. And we have a dad that was the haves that had. So when I think of the two lives, it, it traumatizes me. Like, how couldn't I have that life as a child? You know, as adults, you can probably cope with some things. But not as a child. Not as a child, really. Bissy's story goes beyond polygamy. It's childhood trauma, financial abuse, heartbreak, and a little bit of resentment. Hi, my name is Aisha Salahuddin, and I like girls. This is a podcast about African women and the different experiences life throws at us just for being women. In today's episode, we look into Bissy's complicated childhood experience and how it has shaped the woman she is today. So you feel like you had to live a double life when you went to visit with your dad. You exactly. got everything you wanted. Of and course. then with your mom, it was like, it was you're just basic. trying to get by. Just trying to get by. You know, it's like, for example, my dad could give her, let's say, for XYZ amount of money in, let's say, January. And then he's probably thinking, oh, that money should still remain in April. Bissy's dad had a lot of money. He also had two other wives and a host of kids to cater for. So the money didn't really get around. So many times that the money is never enough. So what she has to do is, out of what she sells, she has to try to do some other things for us. You know, there's always this extra need for kids in boarding house because my sister and my sister went to boarding house. And she's always there constantly showing up. Money, of course, money-wise. People used to tell us, your daddy is rich. In my mind, I'm like, easy. Because I don't see the richness because I live with my mom. To make a living, Bissy's mom sold snacks like Puff Puff, Akara, and buns in front of their house. 
She created a makeshift shelf and show glass where she stored the snacks for display. On the other hand, her dad was traveling the world and living quite comfortably. We had this very basic house, like, for the kind of job my dad does, I mean, God, we should even live in Ikotun. We should even have a house of our own. We should live in a place that is, you know, very decent and everything. My dad used to say something like, you can't come and sleep over because there's no security. If you were that bothered, then you move her out. He never did. My mom used to live in her sister's house. My sister was, my, her sister was the landlord. It wasn't just that Bissy's side of the family wasn't getting enough money. There was this disparity between her and her dad's other wives. For example, Bissy, her mom and her sister used to visit their dad in the first wife's house. He barely showed up at their own place. So we go there and you can see how the first wife's children interact with their, my dad. You can tell that they're like, it feels like he, he's more hands-on with them, like they, are, they know him. Oh, like there's the conversations they have, the jokes they make, the way they are around him. We didn't have that. We just come, see him for a few hours and we go. We didn't have that charming, that friendliness, that bond with him. This is someone that I said earlier, I used to see him before once in a year, before things got better. So there was that. So you can tell that he felt like they were more loved than we were. Bissi's grandparents lived in Benin Republic, so their holidays involved going through the Nigeria-Benin border to visit. So when we go to Benin Republic, we call, well, from Ikube, we see how the third wife comes in an official car. The uh, first wife, my daddy's driver, brings her. She comes from like what, a day or two before Salah. The third wife comes on Saturday and goes back on Saturday. My mom takes the bus. I don't have a memory of seeing... My mother, the first wife and the third wife come to Ikube in public transport. Because if you come to Ikube in public transport, it means that when you get to the border, you have to take a bike to my grandma's house. And I've never seen them on bikes. Bissy says her mom used to sleep on the floor at their grandparents, while the other wives had rooms and beds. In comparison to the others, it felt like her mom was not welcome. Her dad never even bothered to tell her about his many trips. Sometimes she had to reach out to friends and family about his itinerary. Sometimes my mom won't know my dad has left the country. Maybe a sister or a brother, a sister will be like, ah, hello, mommy, busy. She might go, but I'm one, eh? I want Egypt. And I was like, Egypt, go so for me. Like, I'm not even aware he has, he has left the country. I asked Bissy to give me examples of the times she felt mistreated by her dad, directly or indirectly. She had tons of examples. Then there was this time, my, my, my dad had his brother, may so rest in peace, he died. And when he died, my mom came home and said, that I think when he died, he had four kids. My mom came home and said, in front of her, in her presence, my dad wrote a check of five million euro for the deceased wife. She has never gotten that amount from my dad in all her years of marriage. This is anger that day was not because her dad gave her aunt that sum of money. It was because he had never extended that kind of money to her mom, his second wife. So now imagine being married to a man and you taking care of three kids for him every day, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, all the LLYs that you put in the children and what you get. And in your presence, your husband is giving someone five million naira, and you've never gotten that in all your years of marriage. Never. It's, it's, it's. That's crazy. It hurts. It hurts so much. Bissy talked about other things. Like the one time her dad disappeared on her mom for five years and how there were times they had nothing to eat at home for weeks because their mom wasn't making sales and daddy was, well, MIA. 
There was also this part where her dad's other wives and kids traveled abroad for holidays. And of course, that never applied to them. I'm, I don't think my mom has never been abroad. Never. Never, ever, ever been abroad. Never, ever. And she was married to my dad, someone that would travels what, every week or is it every... My dad had a diplomatic passport. I don't know if he gets what I'm saying. After the break, we'll get a glimpse into Bissy's mom's coping mechanism. The, 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 the constant question was, what was my mom's crime? No, polygamy aside, okay, yes, you have married three wives, but if you're in the middle and the first and the last is getting, what is the second not doing? It was, it was, it, it was more of pain. It was more of pain because how can somebody be so rich and the richness doesn't even get to their wife? Now let's even remove the kids, their wife, their own wife. So what are the benefits of marriage? So she was just what, taking care of three children all by herself with the little money that she gets. Bissy says her mom was devastated by all of it, but she continued to hold out hope. She hopes that one day her husband would realize he had wronged them and adjust his behavior. He would realize that he's been unjust and then he would then come apologizing and say, oh, where do we take it from? Something like that. Only thing she held onto was hope and her kids. Only, I, those are the only things that we can see she had going on for her, like her kids. Bissy's mom was passive-aggressive in the way she raised them. It wasn't because she was mean. She just had built up a lot of resentment and didn't exactly know what to do with all of that anger. When you see him, we are asked, it's like a script. We are asked not to say some certain things. So it doesn't look like it doesn't look like your mom is saying bad things about your dad to him because with kids you can just say it you know how kids are unfiltered so it was more from that angle it looked like uh -uh, is your mom turning me against you is your mom turning you against me Bissy's mom was worried that if they asked too many questions about the other wives and his frequent absence in their lives he would stay away completely remember that she was hopeful that one day he would realize his mistakes and make adjustments yeah, she felt that if the kids probed him about his behavior, that day would never come. Bissy's dad never changed. He continued to favor his other wives and children over them. But they made it true. Despite everything, Bissy finished uni, got a job, and is now married with two kids. But the idea of polygamy still scares the crap out of her. It kind of, it made me feel a certain way towards men. And polygamy, as a Muslim, and when I say things like I hate polygamy, people say, oh, you don't say you hate the things that Allah has prescribed. In Islam, men are allowed to marry up to four wives, provided that they can treat them fairly and equally. Prophet Muhammad, Islam's most important prophet, had multiple wives. And I'm like, how many people do I want to tell my story exactly? Because the Prophet Muhammad, that people say is their mentor, he was just. And if he were not just, he was sinless, so he couldn't, it couldn't have been a sin of unjustness on him. So there's that. But I hate polygamy genuinely because he got me here. He made my mom, my mom was always at the receiving end of the carrot. Mrs. Childhood manifests in different ways in her marriage. I don't know if to say it's a trauma. Traumatic. When my husband does anything to me, I'll just be like, well, you know, couples are allowed to fight, right? Nana, you're married, you fight mm -hmm. your partner. Mm -hmm. I always say, 
oh, do you want a divorce? Should we end the marriage? And one day he said to me that whenever we fight, you always touch the marriage. Like it means nothing to you. It's like you put it on the shelf and you can just go to the kitchen and just, boom, throw it outside. But in my head, men always leave. The moment they sneeze on you, oh, they found somebody they want to move to. I'm, I'm, like it is something that I'm, what's the word? I'm dealing with. Bissy finds that she's constantly worried about her husband leaving her, you know, the same way her dad left her mom. Her husband loves her. She knows he does. But no matter how hard she tries, she can't seem to stop projecting her childhood experiences onto her marriage. And that's why growing up, I said I would only have two children because my mom had three and she suffered. Even before the third one came, she suffered. And this is someone now using finance as a case study that didn't have that finance. So I'm always thinking if it's just left, if my man leaves, I am left with three mouths to feed, two kids and myself. You can't keep, you can't keep reassuring me every day. He has said it over and over and over again. It's not on him. It's on me. It's a, it's a projection. Bissy admits that she's projecting, but she can't help it. I mean, it's hard to shake off 24 years of trauma. I do not pray my husband moves mad because he's incredible. He is amazing. But I can't, that thing that I have in my head, it can't leave. I asked Bissy if she was interested in therapy, you know, working through all her feelings and worries with a professional. She agreed. So our associate producer, Rahina, has found Chini. Chini is a clinical psychologist based in Nigeria's capital, Abuja. Chini agreed to talk to Bissy. All right, how are you feeling? I'm good, I'm, I'm great. Okay, how, how are you feeling about talking to psychologists about what's going on in your life? Honestly, it, it's, it sounds, when, when I was told, it sounded like a good idea. On a random Saturday morning, we got Bessie and Chini talking. This is not actual therapy because the conversation is not confidential. Okay, that's good. And what are you expecting from this conversation? I mean, it's just the first time. Um, what are you expecting from the conversation? I don't know how to say it, but I know that so many people, including my husband, says to me that I live in fear. Okay. They say that I say, I, I because I say it and I act it, I say that, oh, my dad did this to my mom. Oh, my mom suffered. And because of that, I am projecting. So even if something is not the way that it seems, I would link it and I'm like, oh, of course my dad did this. I know this is going to happen as well. So there is this conversation around, you know what, just chill, enjoy these things, enjoy now, enjoy the present, enjoy what you have, that's as regards marriage, and do not Mm -hmm. overthink things. After the break, Bessie confronts her childhood head-on. You talked about anger, and I want to know, where's the anger coming from, and who are you angry at? I'm, I'm angry at my dad for how we were treated, because I said to Nana earlier that he had money, and there were so many things that didn't get to us. So I, I, in, my, in my words, I call it injustice. And then mm-hmm. my mom as well, because I would say things like, ah, if only mommy had left daddy. But then as I grew with activism and the job that I do, I realized that it's not as easy 
as it seems to leave a man, especially when there is no money or you're not financially sufficient. Because sometimes in parenting, when she parents us, she's always saying things like, oh, so even if you guys turn out well, the the your fa- father's family would know that the one that was abandoned, her kids turned out well. So there was lots of um, transferred aggression in the parenting. But then as I grew, I learned that it wasn't just her. It was, it's like she was mentally, emotionally, and physically, she wasn't even good. So she would parent us the way that she was, you know. Bissi and Chini talked for close to an hour. There was a lot of unpacking about her husband, her father, her mom, and her marriage. Chini noticed that Bissi has kind of been avoiding dealing with all her emotions around her father. Somehow in the conversations, I feel like you're a bit stuck in the past. And that's where you're operating from. Um, and, and I don't blame you also because that experience had quite an impact on you. And that you can see how that experience is also playing itself out in your adulthood and in your marriage and even in your um, understanding or even in your relationship with men and playing out in your everyday life. Um, it is so significant if you, I, I want you to understand how significant it is that you see it in your everyday life. You see that play out in your everyday life that it's almost like a reference point for you. Chini wants Bissi to consider opening up more to her mom and dad about her upbringing. It's not going to be an easy process, but it might help her offload. In reality, we don't know if that's going to make you any better or any worse, but you need to feel like you need to get that conversation going. It needs to be said. You need to talk about how you feel about your upbringing. Maybe you may not have to do that with your your family, but there needs to be a space you can... I, I genuinely feel like you need to have a space to unpack your upbringing. You need to have a space to just talk about growing up and what it was for you growing up. And you need to also come to a space of accepting the reality of what it is and also seeing things for what they were at that point. I, I really, I, I look forward really, like, okay. I just, I just want to, I really hate that I was saying things because in the end, you, I hurt myself more. Because no matter yeah. the explanation that I get in real life, I'm like, I already made my conclusions in my head and there's nothing I can do to change it. And that's how I would yeah. be. That's a perception I would have about a particular scene or story or person. And mm. it's not it, that in itself, it's not healthy. Bissy agreed to try therapy. She's also open to working through reconciling her childhood with her adulthood. Um, so I think we'll just round up on this note and then um, you know, continue our conversation. In a different space and not have to um, be on this platform. Yeah? A few days ago, I checked back with Bissy to tell her that this episode would air today. She's happy about it and she's still working on actively processing her childhood and the impact it has on her today. She hasn't started therapy, but it's on her mind and she's willing to do whatever it takes to prevent her past from dictating her future. Okay. I have a couple of updates for you all on BC. I reached out to her last week to let her know that, you know, we'd be running this episode from last season. She let me know that she has spoken to a therapist, confidential and all, not at all like the one we had on the episode. She says she's still struggling a bit with events from her childhood. And I get that. I mean, it's hard to shake over two decades of trauma. But she says she's learning detachment. She's taking baby steps to make sure she's enjoying the tiny moments in her marriage. And of course, as a mom, it's hard, but it's not impossible. And that's her ultimate goal. That's all for today. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
If you'd like to get in touch with us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at I Like Girls Pod. You can also visit 27productions.co forward slash I Like Girls. I'll catch you all on the next episode.